Jellies is a term that's used to describe all gelatinous zooplankton, which are all drifting animals made up of uh, soft bodies. And the term jellyfish is often uh, steered away from because of the word fish in it. People think that, that the people understanding these animals are going to get them confused with fish, but oftentimes a certain group of the gelatinous plankton called the scyphozoans, which includes moon jellies and lion's mane jellies, etc., sea nettles, um, are oftentimes referred to as jellyfish. Jellyfish or jellies live in the wild typically only about a year. They're a seasonal animal for the most part, especially along the temperate coast. They're, they, they're born in the winter time and as the, the seas are rich with plankton in the summer they grow quite large and as temperatures cool down in the autumn they spawn and usually die. In the aquariums we keep jellies alive a bit longer than that with consistent temperatures and uh, routine feeding. We can keep them as, as long as two years or more in captivity. Uh, we feed them brine shrimp for the most part, newly hatched baby brine shrimp called Artemia, and different types of rotifers and frozen krill. In, in the wild, they eat a variety of different foods, um, from fish larvae to juvenile fish. And actually, a, a jelly sting can usually tell you what type of food they eat. With an, jellies with very strong stings eat larger prey or hard-bodied animals, and animals with less of a sting eat soft-bodied animals and fish eggs. Yes, I have been stung by jellies. It's part of the routine in dealing with these animals. I try to avoid it uh, for the most part by wearing protective gloves and using tools that keep my hands out of the water. But if uh, a long flowing sea nettle becomes stuck in a knot, which happens with its tank mate, I have to get in there and untie this knot and inevitably parts of the tentacles will touch my, my forearms. And fortunately, we work uh, solely with the jellies that live on the west coast of the U.S. when none of those are very dangerous. Uh, I never need to get medical treatment. Simply putting vinegar on my arm will kill any of the stinging cells. I have a li little bit of itchy irritation for a while, but it goes away in a few hours. Over the years, we've shipped to many different aquariums and hundreds and hundreds of jellies. We've had a pretty good run of culturing jellies. We put a lot of effort into it, and uh, we're able to help out a lot of our fellow institutions. We get our jellies mostly via culture in-house. Um, there's different. There's only a few different ways you can get jellies. You can collect them, um, you can purchase them, or you can grow your own. And relying on collected jellies um, is a difficult way to manage your your population because populations in the wild vary. They're hard to find. Uh, you, it's kind of like a needle in the haystack searching for a jelly out in the wild, particularly one particular species that you're looking for. So the only way to have real consistency is to culture your own. Aquarium animals, fish for instance, we, we're oftentimes talking about animals that are threatened, populations that are down. Uh, jellies are the exact opposite of that. When fish populations are down, jelly populations explode, they go up, they fill the void, uh, the, the, the competition is eliminated. So they thrive in times when fish populations are down and oftentimes thrive when pollution is up and there's more nutrients in the water or when uh, climate changes, the jellies don't uh, necessarily die, they just kind of drift with the warm waters and find new areas and, and wreak havoc on new ecosystems. My lecture is going to focus on the possibility of keeping these animals as, uh, as a pet or as a home hobby. And I think it is possible, it's, it's going to be very difficult, but uh, advanced aquarists with the passion for it could actually uh, do quite well with keeping these delicate animals in captivity. And uh, that's kind of the message I think I'd want to send home.
I think zoos and aquariums are important in connecting with the public because of the fascination factor. I mean, speaking personally, when I was a child and visited zoos and aquariums, it was a, a very uh, strong part of my passion that led me into this field. And I think that we're doing the same and also not just leading people in this field, but just teaching them kind of to respect and appreciate a lot of these animals.